Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you listening, downloading, subscribing, and watching the show. And we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. My name is Nate Bucati. I'm joined on my left, if you're watching on video, your right, if you're watching it, uh, by Ali Trost. Ali, how are you? I'm doing well, Nate. Ready for some more Open Cup action this week, and uh, the games just keep coming. Yeah, Open Cup action coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday night, against the Houston Dynamo. We'll certainly preview that in a moment. Joined uh, on my right by a man who knows a thing or two about winning games in the U.S. Open Cup, Jacob Peterson. Jacob, how are you? What's up? I'm great. We are. We're good. We have a lot to get to on the show today. First of all, we have two positive results for Sporting Kansas City to recap because the wild and woolly game against Colorado was uh, since our last podcast. So we can talk about that. We can talk about the draw in San Jose. We're going to preview this match on Wednesday night between Sporting Kansas City and the Houston Dynamo in the round of 16 in the Open Cup. And we're going to be joined by a guy we might see in the Open Cup again. We saw him in the first round of the Open Cup playing in goal. Uh, young goalkeeper John Pulskamp will be our guest on the show today. So we've got a lot coming your way. And uh, we'll start, guys, going back to Wednesday. Sporting Kansas City 2, Colorado Rapids 1. Uh, Sporting get the goal from Daniel Shallowy. Rapids answer with the goal. Sporting get another goal from Shallowy. And then... All hell breaks loose with four red cards down the stretch in the game. But it was a big bounce back, Ali Trost, after that that loss in Portland. Uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from the game against the Colorado Rapids? Yeah, well, number one, I think the response from the group. And even Peter Vermees said, you know, you're always kind of interested to see how guys bounce back after a really tough and, and quite frankly, embarrassing loss. That's what all the players were saying after that game. And it doesn't get much better than a 2-1 a, a win at home a, a team in sporting that's kind of struggled to to put up some multi-goal games that hasn't been a problem as of late so I think it was just really good to see uh the team not only bounce back but but put a couple goals in the back of the net so I, I think the goals hopefully now will will continue coming and, and Daniel Shallowy was the star of the show there Jacob your uh, your biggest takeaway from that one well, I think now it's starting to get in that point of the season where it's just about getting results. And it doesn't really matter how you get those results. Um, if you go out there and dominate the ball and have 70% possession, but you lose the game 1-0, it does it nothing at this point. You know, you got to start picking up points. And that Colorado game was a perfect example of that, of Daniel Shallowy scoring two great goals, individual goals, really, uh, especially that first one. Um, just running, uh, we talked about it so so much, but he just crushes Lalo Sabubakar every time they play the <laughs> Rapids. Um, and and it, was, it was nice to see that, but more just that defensive approach and, and being hard to break down. And, and yes, Colorado had a lot of the ball, which we're not used to seeing at Children's Mercy Park, but they couldn't break down sporting at, mm -hmm. really at all. Tim had a couple saves, but I think that that's the most important thing to take away. And really, because if you take away that, that Portland game, which I know that's a big ass to take away, uh, a big loss right that like that. But what it's, I'm trying to do the math in my head, what is that like unbeaten in six or seven games? It was or three straight draws, the win in the Open Cup, and then the two results. Since two results then. here, so that would be that would be six, right, off the top of my head. So like that's yeah. Sporting Kansas City are 
to me, the results are going in the right direction. And maybe they're not wins, mm-hmm. but when you start the season the way that Sporting has, where you're getting loss after loss here coming kind of quick, just getting those ties starts to get that momentum building. Mm-hmm. The confidence in the locker room grows. So I actually think Sporting right now are on a good run of form right now. Well, and especially when you look at what's going on around the rest of the league and some of the teams that have been at the top throughout, you know, the first couple of months of the season are, are starting to fall a little bit. So it's it's not unrealistic to think that, that sporting could very well end up in playoff contention. And that's kind of something that we've been talking about all season long. It's a long season. I remember Roger Espinoza even said, hey, sometimes the team that turns it around middle of the summer ends up making a, a really strong run and, and anything can really happen. But I, I think Sporting's gotten some help too with some of these dropped points from, from some of the top teams in the Western Conference especially. I'm going to make a, a crossover sport analogy, which I like to do sometimes. But in Major League Baseball, one of my favorite pitchers to watch back in the day was Pedro Martinez. And he was just like this ruthless competitor that would use mind games, use all these different things, whatever he thought he needed to to get the result is what you're talking about, Jacob, in terms of sporting right now. They just got to get results. And I remember there was a, a famous time when he had suffered some sort of minor arm injury in, in which he lost his fastball for the game. He just couldn't throw his fastball with any velocity at all. And hit. typically that was one of his best pitches. And he always kept hitters, you know, on the defensive because they had to gear up for this fastball. And he couldn't throw it that day. And he got through the entire start throwing nothing but his changeup. And he just found a way to grind through and get the job done. And when I look at this sporting team, and it's been so well documented, but when there's no Alan Polito, no Gotti Kinda, no Daniel Shallowy, a banged-up Johnny Russell, uh, no Kyrie Shelton, no, no Voinovich. I mean, just nine guys on the injury list, two more guys suspended, and you're sporting Kansas City. Um, you don't have your fastball. You know, we, we know sporting when they play at home almost always are going to be the aggressor, going to be the team that keeps the other team on the back foot. In some ways, to me, it's almost more impressive that they – not only showed the willingness, but the the gumption to find a way to get a result in a different way than what they're what they're what they're used to doing. And we saw them then go take that and do the same thing in San Jose this past weekend. And I think that result, and we said it on the broadcast, but that result was a huge result. What well, was a really good performance. And, and you know, you know, just talking with with the guys and the coaching staff felt like three points, it was there for Sporting. And it's just that one minute, again, the start of the second half where, you know, guys kind of switch off for for a little bit on really a play that you know, wasn't some great buildup or anything from, yeah. from the Earthquakes. Because the Earthquakes have a ton of attacking guys. Yeah, and that do. midfield and that forward line, I mean, and you can go – too deep probably at every position and they've got some mm-hmm. good players I mean the guys that they brought in Shofis almost scored a, another <laughs> banger um Gregush is another guy Kikanovic is a dynamic player um but they got a lot of guys and the fact that Sporting went there sat off with what playing with a converted <laughs> uh, I guess Cam Dukes played so many positions now right. a central midfielder or right back mm-hmm. playing as a left winger mm-hmm. then Wait, Remy Voltaire also in Ben Sweat can we also just talk about the fact that he was playing with a gashed knee for the remainder of that entire game, which I didn't realize until after he came off the pitch kind of limping right. a little bit. Playing with two left backs on the yeah. field and, and then with Remy Voltaire playing 
out on the right wing when he's obviously been one of Sporting's most important players interior. Mm-hmm. They are so I think, and then obviously and, Johnny Russell up top, right? Well, and, and the movement in game too. Like Cam Duke went from left wing to right wing. Remy went from wing to inside. I mean that like that adjustment in real time is not easy. And that's so impressive. It's so impressive. And those type of performances, I, they build that that confidence level in the group, saying, "Hey, we know that we can go there. We can be hard to break down again." Just like Colorado didn't give the Earthquakes a ton of chances. They had a couple, but Sporting still won the expected goals, mm-hmm. and I know that stat, you know, it's hard to go game by game, but they didn't give away anything big, and think that that's something that you can always go to, because teams are so close in MLS, and that, that road form, getting results on the road, is more about a mentality than anything else, Yeah, and, and especially coming off of that Portland game where we didn't see the right mentality, right? So going to San Jose, I thought that was a big-time result. Yeah, it, it wasn't just the response from the Portland game to the Colorado game. It was the response from the Portland game to the next road yep. game, too, and the fact that a goal did happen at, as early as it did in the second half, very similar to the way in which Sporting, you know, kind of at the in the game in Portland, let the, the floodgates break open. They didn't They didn't do that. And I think that that mental response was was really positive and, and great for the group now moving forward. I do think there's a big uh, a key difference, though. In both these games, Sporting Kansas City never played from behind. And if you want to play that style, you know, you can bunker in, you can kind of make yourselves harder to break down when you're not chasing a goal. The, obviously, I think where Sporting got in so much trouble in Portland was mm-hmm. when they fell behind, they started pressing numbers forward even more, and they, and they weren't able to shut off those counterattacks from the other team. Hopefully, Sporting can keep playing like this, and they don't have to worry about that um, as, long as, they, as long as they do feel like they need to play this type of system. But, you know, the, the, the point you made, Jacob, about – the expected goals, I think, is relevant. Just from, even if you don't want to look at it from the statistical standpoint, from watching the game. How many times have we seen where sporting are the aggressive team that has 70% of the ball, and the other team just seems to be holding on for dear life? And you feel like, oh, we got a goal coming here. The, 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 the FC Dallas game in the second half, FC Dallas just seemed like they were just leaning yeah. at the tape. They were just trying to get across the finish line and sporting were not having a problem creating chances. Then there's other games where you feel like, well, the other team's sitting back and we've got a lot of the ball, but we don't seem to have the ideas to break them down today. We're just not creating chances and it's hard to envision something coming unless we nick a set piece or something. And that's how I felt about both of those games against Colorado and San Jose. I say that as a compliment to Sporting's defense. The Rapids have added Jossie's artists to to a team that was already in, in decent form. And I don't remember them really breaking Sporting Kansas City down in the second half. I remember a couple of set-piece chances they had. I remember a couple corner kicks that San Jose had. And then the one chance by Chofis that you talked about. Um, but other than that, like, I, I don't. I don't feel like there was this, oh, Sporting Kansas City was just holding on for dear life to get to the end of those two games. It felt like, yeah, they're going to see this thing out. I think in both games, what was really impressive is how the, the midfield, uh, especially cut off those passing lanes and yeah. cut off that pen- those penetrating progressive mm-hmm. passes through the middle of the field, forcing everything wide, and then you can deal with it out there. But even Uri dropping back as a center back in that Colorado game, especially, and then a little bit in the San Jose game too, it, it just changes that dynamic a, a little bit. And, and then you give a little bit more freedom to your two center backs where they can go out mm-hmm. and be help defense when the ball does go out wide. 
But I think that that was Felipe Hernandez. I said it a few times on the broadcast, but I thought he was excellent in pressing the ball and then getting right back into shape. It's it's a lot of work. Physically, it's demanding. And especially in this stretch of games where, was it seven games in 22 yeah. two days and we're at the, the tail end of that, guys are tired. There's no doubt legs are heavy. They're not really training with these games coming every, it's just regen and get your body ready. And the fact that Felipe was still flying and Cam Duke was yeah. still flying during those games. I know those guys are young, but it's still hard to run. So it, it was uh, it was impressive that the group was so sound defensively because, look, if you, with Tim Mulia in goal, if you're just giving up shots from 25 yards out, I'll take Tim Mulia in those situations every time. And he, and he had a fantastic game against San Jose. I mean, there's really not much that he could have done on the on the header that uh, Yule scored, but he he came up with some some really big saves in that game, which is obviously what you call on your your goalkeeper to do. Uh, another player that I thought had a good game, who also has a motor and has been trying to get acclimated with some of the other responsibilities of his role, is Marino Sjanis. I, I think he showed a little bit more of of that defense. He still got a ways to go, but I think he was showing a step forward in the San Jose game with some of that defensive work off the ball. He, um, I'm just smiling because with our television setup the way that it was, we had a microphone right next to Peter, so you could <laughs> hear Peter for a lot of the game. And I think I heard Marinos' name get sh- Marinos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't without a lot of uh, instruction <laughs> coming from Peter Vermees, but I would it, no. I was just thinking about that. Was like if Seth Sinovic was watching that game, he was probably <laughs> having flashbacks like. When you play on Peter's side of the field, you know, you're going to get your name called out a lot. And he's, I mean, like, that's part of the deal. Young guy that's that's learning responsibilities, and Peter's mm-hmm. going to be on him to to be where he wants him to be at all times. That's the only reason I was smiling. Yeah. Because I just, that was ringing in my ears from watching the game. But but I think your point, Ali, is, is big because one of the things we talked about um, going back to the team's struggles before this, hopefully, you know, this this turnaround that we're starting to see right now was – there are these opportunities for young guys to to step up and stake their claim to a future role on this team mm-hmm. and within this league. And it didn't appear that was happening. And now all of a sudden, particularly Felipe, I mean, I think yeah. that more than anything during this stretch, he has been the shining um, the, the shining star of just the work he is putting in. The, that's exactly what the guy that we thought he was starting to become last year before you know the problems hit, and and it seems like he's starting to actually. Oh wow! Like you, you've I've, I don't know about you guys, but I look at it and go, well, I hope Felipe's in the starting yeah. eleven now. When when I look at the team sheet when it comes out, and Cam Duke. Don't know what position he is yet, but he's going out there and he's putting in shifts and he seems to be learning. You pointed out the dual success rate from Cam that maybe that wasn't a strength earlier in the season and maybe he's growing in that regard. If some of those young players can, maybe it didn't happen right off the bat as quickly as we wanted it to, but if they start to finally take ownership of some of those opportunities, not only does it bode well for your chance to try to work your way back into things this year, but in terms of the future trajectory of the club absolutely and you mentioned that i think i can't remember the amount i think it was like 14 duels he won 71 percent of those he also led the team in key passes with three and i mean that touch uh, oh. on the goal and we analyzed it but first great pressing action and then that big switch comes across from jackson yule sporting press immediately right there win the ball it gets played to cam cam lays it off to raj Great run in behind, and what a ball, too, from Roger. But yeah. that whole goal w- was beautiful. So I, 
I think it's nice to see, as you said, both Cam and Felipe really stepping up when the team needs them most. And looking like a true veteran, too, to have the the composure in the box to slap that ball back to Johnny right there. I mean, it was just – that wasn't an easy play by any means, and, and Cam Duke couldn't have handled that entire play, obviously, better, resulting in the goal. But, you know, it, it's not even – I. I think either just looking ahead to future seasons and, and who could have a role on this team in the years to come this season. I mean, the team needs with all the injuries and, and other, you know, reasons for players in and out of the lineup, they need that, that flexibility now. And, and I think you're finally starting to see, Hey, Felipe Hernandez can come in and not just be a, Oh, Hey, you know, we're, we're missing bodies in the midfield. We need you to come in. He is earning his playing time and has been fantastic. He's playing with that confidence. Cam Duke, looking good in, in multiple positions as he continues to, to kind of grow and develop as a player. Marinos Johnny is starting to show flashes, not just in helping produce goals, but starting to slowly but surely understand the other responsibilities on the ball. Sporting has been in need of, of some of that, that depth and that versatility, and I think them getting that and, and starting to see that is going to bode well for the rest of the season because who knows what all can happen. But once they start getting players back, it's going to be – Really good to have that experience. Yeah, and I'll add, uh, Robbie. Boulder. Robbie, you took it out. Yes. You took really, the words out of my mouth. Really good. Yeah. In, he was in, in that game. Yeah. Um, some of those. I remember that one kind of back heel. He, yeah. He, he thought he was beaten, but good recovery. Um, I thought he played really well. And there's still moments, right? The goal he could probably come across uh, on that. Um, but as a young center back, you're you're going to make mistakes. That's a, a position where the more experience you have, the the easier. That it is. But uh, I thought really good performance for him. And also, Uri Rosell is, is starting to get back into form. And just because he was healthy, uh, you know, three, four weeks ago, whatever it was, it takes a while to get back. And I thought these last two games were really good for him, especially defensively, dropping back in, in between the center backs. And in San Jose, he had six interceptions, led the team. So another really good just like Felipe and, and Remy, who works hard in there, but and Roger, obviously, but picking out those passing lanes and yeah. cutting off those balls and making sure that those dangerous San Jose earthquake attackers didn't get on the ball in dangerous moments. So uh, I think that's also good to see him coming into form. All right, so a lot of positive stuff to take away from the last two results for Sporting Kansas City. And now a big open cup game on Wednesday night at Children's Mercy Park against the Houston Dynamo and uh, all kinds of storylines because former Open Cup heroes from Sporting Kansas City, Paulo Nagamura and Jimmy Nielsen, will be in the technical area for the Dynamo this time around. Also, we're going to talk now with a guy who was part of that big, uh, unforgettable Open Cup win against FC Dallas. John Pulskamp, young goalkeeper for Sporting Kansas City, will join us coming up next. You're listening to the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and video content, presented by Michelob Ultra. Sporting KC fans take pride in supporting the team both home and away. When flying to away matches to cheer on the team, or anywhere for that matter, Check out the Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you stream your video content, get your podcasts. Please like, subscribe, write an essay about it. Tell everybody how much you love this show. You do not have to do that. Well, <laughs> I didn't. you don't have to. I'm just saying if you want to go the extra mile and be our favorite podcast listener, we you know, that, yeah, just let everybody know how, how much you love the show so that we can get those numbers up. It's really important. Allie's always checking the numbers and the analytics 
analytics to make sure that uh, we're performing well. And uh, if you want to make Allie happy, you know that's that's what we want you to do. And maybe have a Michelob Ultra while you're at it. It's only uh, worth it if you enjoy it. Yeah, a man who can actually sit in front of this now. He's 21, Jordan. He's had a 21st birthday, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember I that. I, I, yeah. I believe I Did liked the Instagram post. <laughs> so we can, we can have the Michelob Ultras in front of him because he's, uh, he's of legal drinking age now. Not that you would, yeah, John, but, but what yeah. is it, what's it like being 21 years old now? Is it a whole different world to you? Um, <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's, you know, it's for the most part pretty much, pretty much yeah. the same thing. Well, there are really no other birthdays to look forward to. So <laughs> kind of, oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's no. not true. He gets I, it at 25. You get to start, you know, renting, renting cars. Yeah, renting true. cars. Uh, yeah. true. You know. So. Yeah, but no, for for the most part, it's, at, at my age, at 40, you start to get having medical, you know, exams that you didn't have before. Don't worry about that. Yet. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. A different kind of shot. <laughs> See, there's all kinds of different all, all milestone different birthdays to, to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a weird introduction we've given this poor man, John Pulskamp, goalkeeper for Sporting Kansas City joins us now seriously man how are you i'm good i'm uh, yeah really really good coming off uh, a good result with the second team uh over in san jose as well mm -hmm. obviously the first team got got a good result there getting a point on the road um so both teams doing well had a good match and feeling really good okay bef so before we get to the first team stuff um since you mentioned the second team you know watching skc2 they seem like they're starting to kind of, you know, put some results together, some come from behind wins. Um, things are kind of ticking up there, and you're you, you're kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit. So you get to spend some time with those guys. Tell us what it's like right now playing with Benny and Ike and and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Benny and Ike have been awesome. Obviously, two fantastic players uh, in their day. Um, actually, when I first came to the club, Benny was still playing. Uh, so. Got to see a bit of him as as a player, and now seeing him as a coach, I think he's having a, a really good impact on on the group of predominantly young young players. And yeah, they're definitely coming into their own. I think guys are starting to really learn how to close out games, how to win games, uh, how to not let the kind of awkward moments in games or or tough situations in games let the let them spiral out of control and you go one nil down. Well, don't let it become two. Don't let it become three. Uh, so I think those guys are starting to learn how to manage that a bit better. Um, and as, yeah, as, as we're seeing three, three results in a row for them, it's great. And well, when you are in goal though, even though it's not super consistently with them as you do bounce back and forth, how do you help inspire some of that? Like, what are you working on um, during your time there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, massively, trying to fill a, a leadership role when I when I do go down there. Um, I've been in the position pretty recently that a lot of these guys are in now, making debuts, making, you know, first appearances or, or first couple appearances uh, at that level. So when I go there, I just, you know, like to talk to them. Uh, you can usually get a read on how they're feeling. Um, and just based on that person's personality, what can I say that'll get the best out of them for this game? Do I need to... You know, tell them, hey, just like any other game, take you know, take it easy. You know, just be ready for it, enjoy it. Or do I need to get that, get on that person? You know, get them going. Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. So it's different with with different people, but that's definitely been a focus uh, when I'm down there. Is trying to be a personality in the locker room, trying to get guys to come out of their shells a bit, because you know you have a lot of younger players who, for whatever reason, maybe they're a little shy, maybe they're a little intimidated, maybe they're just new and they don't really know anybody, so they don't feel comfortable being more outspoken. So when I go down there, I'm uh, 
you know, as people know me, pretty outspoken person. So when I go into that locker room, I like to get everyone involved, get everyone talking off the field, get, you know, let's let's go get dinner as a team. Let's go do something. Yeah. Let's get to know each other kind of thing. Cause I think that is massively important yeah. for, for team success. I mean, I know having been here, I credit a lot of our success last year and years previous and this year, just to the camaraderie that this team has had. Uh, so just doing that with those guys. So uh, now I have a, a, a question I'm fascinated to hear your answer to about Benny because you mentioned that you played with him or at least were on the team with him early in your career and then seeing him as a coach now because I've had the privilege of playing with Benny in the uh, over-30 league with Hot Guys United. Uh, my, I'm the my only highly, one here who's not played with Benny Philhoffer. My, I'm my, disappointed. <laughs> you're invited to play with Hot Guys United anytime you want, Allie. You've turned us down so far. Uh, and I've been screamed at on the field by Benny. And for me personally, it was like, this is awesome. I'm getting yelled at by Benny just like the guys I used to watch when he played for sporting, you know, yelling at his teammates. Yeah. Of course, uh, he also has informed me that he's never playing with our team again because we're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I think th those days are, gone, are long gone. But in all seriousness, though, you know, Benny was a very verbal and vocal guy mm -hmm. on the field. Um, I'm curious – What's he like as a coach? Is he is he is he similar in that regard? Is he a little more muted? Like, what do you see as Benny his 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 demeanor on the sideline compared to when he was out on the field yelling at his teammates and things like that? Yeah, um, he's he's similar. And actually, funny story about Benny having a go. I, I doubt he even remembers this, but it was when I was on the second team. Uh, one of my actually first training sessions with the first team. Just got here, young, seventeen, maybe just turned eighteen. And we were playing, <coughs> I think it was like 8v8 or something, pretty, pretty like 18 to 18. And a ball gets played over the top. And I didn't come for it. It was outside the 18. He didn't think it was my ball. Still don't. <laughs> uh, I, I had the coaches back me up after watching film that it was not my ball to come for. Uh, but it led to, to a chance on goal. And, you know, after the play finish, I, you know, look up and Benny's just screaming at me, you know, keeper, it's your ball. You know, you got to come for that, this, that, and the other, just having a complete go at me. And being myself, I had to go right back. You went right back Because I disagreed with and him. How and how old were you at this time? I think 18 I was, or so? Maybe just turned 18. <laughs> didn't, didn't even know anybody. I didn't think he knew my name. He called me yeah. Keeper. <laughs> um, and I was, I, I just told him, I was like, that's not my ball, I, this, that, and the other. So I just had to go back at him, and I think that was uh, – quick introduction to, yeah. to, to Peter and, oh, and yeah. to the whole first team. They're like, yeah. who's this kid? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to go right back at him. I wonder yeah. if he remembers that. But, yeah, probably the first uh, first team player to, to have a real go at me uh, in my experience here. So, so unlike me where I was like, I'm getting yelled at by Benny Failhopper. Yeah, this no, is I, awesome. was, I, wasn't, I wasn't having it. <laughs> I was like, what? If he was That's right, why if he, you're if, a real if, competitor. If was, yeah, no, no. If I, if I thought he was right or thought yeah. there was a chance he was right, you know, yeah. have a go at me and take it on the chin. But, uh but I disagreed with him. So yeah, so yeah. I just I had a chat with him. But uh, but yeah, as a coach, uh, he's been great. Um, I think he, I think it's always nice to have coaches like that because it was very similar with Naga, having only recently been out of the game as a player, and with Benny, very recently uh, finished as a player. They can relate to players. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in that era, they can relate to players in that current situation because they were in our shoes not too long ago. So. There, that makes them, you know, easy to talk to. You can go and have a chat with Benny and ask for advice on how to deal with situations, and he can very easily view it from the player's shoes. Uh, so that's very, very, very nice. Um, yeah, I think 
I think he's, I don't want to say more on the mellow side, but definitely is uh, a little not, more patient, not, maybe a lot the, more patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. not uh, overdoing it with with getting on guys and real, real hard. He's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty patient. Um, so I think he's. I think he's doing a good job. And he knows your name now for sure. And he knows yeah. my name now for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he learned it that day when he's like, yeah. who's this kid who's screaming this kid? back yeah, at me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, in all honesty, though, because like, his his role now, it's like he's he's got to nurture and develop and grow those guys where at the time, honestly, and I think people would be fascinated if they ever came out to training when, when you guys are playing those small-sided games and the short field games. They they're out there to win. Like they're you know the, it's, the, it's it's competition. He's not thinking about I got a I got a young goalkeeper. I'm going to build his confidence up. It's like I want to win right now, oh, man. Well, and something 100%. that I think is interesting too is like you guys keep track of that. Like I don't think maybe fans like understand like you know there's like a lot at stake oh, there in those. Yeah, obviously Peter puts a a massive emphasis as he should on winning. If there's anybody on this team that doesn't absolutely hate to lose, then that's a problem. And, mm-hmm. yeah, to emphasize that, like you just said, we track everything in training. Any small-sided games, any possession games, any sort of game competition, which there's at least one a day, if not two mm-hmm. or three different competitions a day, all of that gets tracked. Um, so each player has their win percentage. They have they have all their stats. So Yeah. It's fun. I mean, I, I like I said, it, it, if you when you get the privilege to watch training, I always – you know, I, I talk to my son about it all the time. Like, if you think you're going hard, you should see the way these guys get after it every day and, and because it, it's at the highest level. We're visiting with Jonathan, uh, uh, John Polskamp. And, um, John, we're, we're talking to you partially because we got this Open Cup going on, and, and you were at the center of an unforgettable game earlier mm-hmm. this year, the FC Dallas game, the turnaround from the first half to the second half. And, um, look, first of all, it's an opportunity for you to get out there and play. Uh and, and, like, just to rewind to it a little bit, you have the mistake early. Oh. Um, and, and honestly, I'll admit this. Like, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a young goalkeeper. He just made, us make, made a mistake, and let's see how he responds, you know. And, and you made a big save a few minutes later, and I thought to myself, gosh, that's huge. That's got to be exact. That's exactly what you need is to have something go well right after that. But you got to make that save too. Yeah. I'm curious for you, and we've already got a little window into your mentality. You got a, a veteran, Benny Failhaber, yelling at you as an 18 year old, and you, you. I think this says a lot about you. You're willing to, you know, and I believe in what I'm doing. I go back at him. Yeah. So when you make that mistake. Is there any damage to your self-confidence at all, or are you one of those guys that can just flush it and, you know what, boom, on to the next play, and I'm going to make the next play? Yeah, yeah. So in that moment, obviously you have a couple seconds where, you know, immediately after the play you're, you know, you kind of have a spike of adrenaline, you're a little frustrated automatically, and and you're just kind of running through it in your head. But other than five to ten seconds, you kind of think about it and then – you need to have a trigger as a player, something, some keepers. You'll see them kick a post. That's usually <laughs> – that's not just them kicking a post out of frustration. That's like a, okay, one, two, three, back in it sort of thing. Oh, wow. So – That makes – wow, I never really thought of it yeah. in those terms, but that's like it. Okay, s- that's – Something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, now di- it's over. Different keepers or different yeah. players yeah. will have something. I have my own little things where as soon as my mind starts to go, pull, pull yourself back in, pull yourself back in. So, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, obviously – you're frustrated. Obviously, you want that moment back, but there's nothing you can do to yeah. to, to get a redo or to, or to take mm-hmm. it back. So all you can do is, is keep playing forward. So I, I was really happy with how I responded mentally and in the game. Uh, I felt totally fine afterwards. 
Um, look, it happens. It's 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 part of it, and uh, we learn from it and and use it as some some fuel for the fire, and and we go again. That's that's all you can really do. So, what was the rest of that game like for you to play in a huge come from behind victory? You go into extra time. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I mean when. Marino scored the the goal so late to equalize. It was, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's a camera on me. I think I probably <laughs> celebrated like I scored the goal myself. I was just so happy. Um, obviously, the guys had a massive fight that game. They had, yeah. they they really showed a lot of grit and and talent to to come back into a game like that. It's, it's extremely difficult. So, kudos to them. I think I went up to every single player after the game and thanked them. You know, for for bailing me out at the end of the day. You know, it it's. Uh, it's 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 a yeah it's just a fantastic performance and to do it in a cup game where it's win or lose, advance or or mm -hmm. get knocked situation, it just kind of adds to it all. Um, so it was amazing. I forget where were you on that goal because you didn't go into the box at any point. I'm curious, like as a keeper, at what point when you're going for that? I actually that remember goal? thinking that because no, you said it yeah, on the broadcast. Like, I wonder if like, John's gonna come up on this because that was like the last moment of the game. <laughs> yeah, so I was at about half field, or I was running towards half field, and I kept looking at the bench. Like I kept uh -huh. looking over to Alec and Can Peter I go? Can and I go? Z, and I'm like, <laughs> "Am I going? You guys want me to go?" And they weren't looking at me. They were all looking at the corners. So I was like, "Hey!" Like trying to like wave over to them. I'm um, tall. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I would have loved to have gone up. I, yeah. I mean, that's that would be uh, something if I if I would have uh, got my head on that and scored. But um, but yeah, so I kept looking over to him. Yeah, and, and no response. So I just was chilling at half they, field. They knew Johnny's had it, so they didn't. Yeah, uh, they're like, yeah. no, we're looking for the five seven guy actually on the, <laughs> yeah. on for the header. Yeah. But so you were right at midfield. Then I mean, you yeah, must have had a really circle. good angle on that uh, oh, on I the mean, header when you saw it. Yeah, I mean, from from a goalkeeper's perspective, you you typically see everything from a pretty good view. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Okay, so the team has had these moments that that game showed the ability to fight back within a game when you had some adversity. These last couple of games against Colorado and San Jose, the team is trying to show the ability to bounce back from a bad result. That that game in Portland and just mm -hmm. kind of the way the season started a little bit. Um, I think you probably have have talked about this too, but we've been talking a lot about. There's just there's a mentality within this club of no matter what's going wrong, you, you're just going to keep fighting. What what are you seeing from the team in that regard over the past week or so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, similar, honestly, to with what we're talking about with with the error I've I've made in in the Dallas game. It's you just kind of assess the situation. You can't redo it. You can't fix that moment. All you can control is what's going forward and those kind of low moments or those tough moments if you have the right mentality which peter instills in all of us they honestly become a positive they honestly become something that is a little bit of like a slap in the face it's like all right you messed up what are you going to do now wake up do your thing like so if we lose that game in portland one nil we still it's the same result in the table Still zero points. Whether we you lose one nil or seven nil or seven to two, it, it, it's it's the same outcome. But losing in that fashion, I think, was such a hit, such like a gut shot to all of us. Like what just happened? That I think it was a little bit of a of a slap in the face to all the guys to say, all right, enough is enough. We we need to start putting the pieces to this puzzle together and and, and really start fixing it. And obviously, that's not something that's just going to be overnight. And then you don't lose a game the rest of the season. But it is something that will be in the back of people's minds for, for probably the rest of the season or definitely, you know, this near future of 
that wasn't too long ago. We're never going to let that happen again, and we're going to fix this, and we're going to get results going forward. So there's always a silver lining, and I, th- and I think having such bad moments or such low moments sometimes create the biggest rebounds and, and, yeah. and, and, and lead yeah. to the highs. It's hard to, at this point in the season, identify maybe turning points. Like those are always easier in, in retrospect to look back and say, oh, that was a turning point. But it sounds like that's kind of how you're, you're viewing that game in Portland a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it definitely is. But, you know, throughout a season, it's never going to be a low and then you have this massive yeah. U-turn turning point and then you shoot mm-hmm. to the top and, and it's great. It, it, things rarely in life are like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's always going to be a constant up and down, but we're hoping that the ups and downs have an upward trend. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's going to go in that direction and that's what – we're all in the locker room, very motivated to make sure happens. Look, we're going to lose more games. We're not. We're not going to. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we're going to lose more games. We're going to draw more games, and we're going to have a lot more wins. But let's make sure there's more wins and losses, and we're going. Up. Yeah, you don't spend too much time in the valley, and don't make the valley too low. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But but you know, in some ways, I I think this this translates to life too, as you. You know, we we saw the the anguish on Johnny Russell's face after that game in Portland, and I think that's actually key because you you in some ways almost have to lean into the negative emotion in order to bounce back, like you said, because if it hurts more, then you're more resolved to make sure you don't feel that feeling again. And I think we're seeing that from the team right now. Let's finish it with a couple of lighthearted things because I want to go back to what you said. You get to go to SKC2 and be this leader that maybe organizes a team dinner. If if John Polskamp is setting the itinerary, he's the social chair for the team (laughs) – what kind of spot are we going to for dinner? You know, are what we going, you know, are we going like a Tex-Mex place where we can have, you know, where it's lighthearted and we can have, you know, have some fun, like a, like a cool, trendy, uh, a trendy spot where the beautiful uh-huh. people hang out. Like, you know, what okay. kind of spot are we going to for a John Pulse Camp led oh, team dinner? I like that. Um, depends on the group, I think. Okay. Depends on the group. Depends on you got uh, SKC too. So you got some young guys. So, so, you got so young if, guys. If it's you know. with that second team, definitely yeah. somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Red no, Robin. S- you know, you get a balloon <laughs> Honestly, for the young guys. Not yeah. Tower, though, <laughs> Literally. Um, no, yeah. So with that group, definitely something lively, something to get guys, you know, going, get yep. get, get guys out of their shell. Um, obviously, depends on on where we are, but I'm trying to think of a place in KC. I mean, somewhere like yeah, live music. Uh, I, I'd actually like to see that team go to like a karaoke bar or something. Yes. Just to, yeah, just to get yeah. guys, you know, really. Nothing really builds camaraderie really, like really, a yeah, karaoke. Exactly. All right, now with a spinoff question to that, then, John, you have to set the table to get the get to loosen the young guys up and do some karaoke. So you got to pick the first song. Ooh. What song is John Polskamp doing karaoke what to? What song am I singing? Well, it's got to be something you know popular enough that guys can you know know okay. it and, and get behind it. Yeah. Um, something, you know, that's a kind of a sing song. So I'm, do you I'm feel confident with the song that, you, you know, like, okay, I know the words to this one. I can hit the notes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards either, you know, basic, but for those reasons, Wonderwall. Okay. Great. Or, Great karaoke song. Yeah. Or, or I'm thinking Piano Man. Oh, oh, all right, all right. So yeah. some Billy Joel. Okay. Some, some Billy Joel. Two that's actually, options. that's what I sang at the, uh. The national, my first men's national team camp. I sang piano, man. Is that, is that, is that one of the rookie things you got to do? You got to get up and sing a song. Or? Yeah, that's one of the okay. rookie things, and they make it so much more difficult. 
and I've never done this before. They do it, no phone, no background music, acapella. You got to know it off the top of your head. Yeah, you know the, oh, all wow. the words to Piano Man? Or well, I mean, I was the sitting there at the dinner table <laughs> reading, <laughs> try, trying really to memorize. I mean, I like, know them kind of, but yeah. I was sitting there like, you how know, long were you, sweating. How long did the song could you get through? Uh, I think I would have frozen up. Up to the chorus, like okay. up to the main part. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't I couldn't do all the words. I mean, I know the refrain, I can't do much you know. Memory, I can't, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um what about you, Allie? What's your what's your uh, karaoke song? Uh I've got two. Okay. So I used to like love karaoke as a kid. Like uh-huh. my parents for one Christmas like bought me a karaoke machine. <laughs> so I would like just sing karaoke at home by myself. Yeah. Very weird. Um but my two would be either Lucky by Britney Spears or Landslide. Oh, landslide! Stevie a good Nicks. One. That's Landslide's that's a good bold. One. That's a bold. I mean, like, it, yeah. Do one. I sing it well? No. Yeah. But Doesn't can matter. I sing it? Yes. It matters. Can it's sing. it's it's just about the confidence with which you sing it. You know, exactly. and, and go yeah. forward. Okay. No, exactly. I used to like another fun little fact about my karaoke days. Like, I would at family Christmas, which might explain why I have a career that requires me to speak in front of audiences. Uh, I would literally get up in front of my huge family with my cousin and like we would dual sing karaoke. So I love that. That was, that was that. five-year-old, six-year-old Allie's <laughs> yeah. bread and butter. That's Ooh. good. That's, that's good. That's awesome. Okay. So now, now you're with the first team mm-hmm. and you got to, you got to organize a team dinner. Okay, so we're not going karaoke now. We're we got to maybe step it up in class a little or bit. Or do you do what, karaoke? Like, or, I know this is a very you know, musical yeah, group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe maybe karaoke after the dinner. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think with them, then uh, maybe somewhere yeah somewhere little little nice little yeah. nice vibe. Uh, I mean, we just had a dinner not too long ago together as a team at, at Corvino. Which is probably my favorite restaurant so in good. Kansas City. Kissing shout up out. to ownership here. I like that Sh- smart man. Shout out Corvino. Yeah. No, I mean even <laughs> No, it's a great spot. Yeah, really. it's even, Greg uh, Midday, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually a funny coincidence uh that we went there because that even well before that was always my favorite restaurant in Kansas City. It was actually a former player's mom, Wilson Harris's mom, mm-hmm. that uh put me mm-hmm. on to Corvino. She's a real foodie and she was like, You gotta go to this spot, you gotta great go spot. to this spot. Um, and I fell in love, so any chance I can get to to go there, so I'd probably tr- drag the team there again. I will say this too: Gr- Greg Maday told me the first time I went there, you know, because you can do like the small plates yeah. and share some different things. He said you got to get the cheeseburger, mm-hmm. and the I was cheeseburger like, "Cheeseburger is phenomenal." Cheeseburger at like a tapas place, like I'm going to eat a quarter of a cheeseburger. And then we ordered it just because he told me to. And I was like, "That it's might be the best the cheeburger best I've ever had in my entire life." life. That was, was like one of my go-to yeah. during the you know go-to takeout places during the pandemic because like that's where you know a lot of places like all transition to do like a lot more takeout i got that burger maybe once a week for, <laughs> for <laughs> go, like go at least how is she so tiny that's not fair it's, it's like oh corvino so yeah, i'll get that for takeout yeah, yeah, no problem like, yeah, <laughs> like, making the big bucks i love it big time it's just a burger it's <laughs> 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 some price like a burger yeah, okay. yeah i'm not telling you guys my karaoke song you have to tune in some other time wait okay i do have one more question though for for John, because I yeah. promise I would ask this: the okay. modeling career. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! How, I, I mean, right. like yeah. you're crushing no. it. Hey, I'll I'll take it. I think I'm actually on a billboard now where he was telling me in downtown hey. KC for. Uh, so look for this guy's for, face. For, okay, for, I'm, for I'm, a clothing I'm, I'm I'm I don't I need to know about this. What are we want? What are we modeling? Oh, well, you're modeling a lot of stuff, thing. or just no, are you? just here and there. A lot of like clothing companies, yeah. local clothing companies. Um, not just little little things here and there. You know, getting out there. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really all there is to it. It's uh, it's not much. I know Jordan behind the behind the <laughs> camera likes. You know, obviously the guys give me uh, 
you know, give me some banter for it, and they they get on my case. But, oh come on! But it's funny. Uh, no, I. But like, I like it. Yeah. Roger does I some of that stuff it. too. That's so. what I'm saying, and that's why Kyrie it's an easy response. And I'm like, so Kyrie gets to pass, and all these <laughs> you, guys hey, get to pass. Second, you've been modeling clothes as well. I've seen on social media. It was a, a sporting t-shirt. Hey, everyone loves a photo shoot every now and then. Yeah. You know? it's Nobody's shout asking me to model nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my creative nothing. director is over here, too, Maddie Andrews. Yeah. I take that back. I've, I've been just modeling some Charlie Hustle stuff. All right. Myself. Yes, yeah, I've done so some bits for Charlie models, Hustle. Yeah. Exactly. Soccer crowd is a very so- fashion-forward you know, fashion uh, yeah. you know, group here. Loves Chiefs yeah. burgers, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Polskamp, uh, handsome man and goalkeeper, right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. Hey, man, thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. All right, that is John Polskamp. We'll be back with Jacob Peterson. Not a model, but could be if he wanted to (laughs) right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, stream your video content, Take it all in. Subscribe, like, listen, tell all your friends about it. Make sure they know that we're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Rejoined by Jacob Peterson after our nice conversation with John Pulskamp. And now, guys, we get ready for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And we've talked in the past, Jacob, about all the things you love about this competition. And we all three here are big fans of this competition. I feel like if you're a sporting fan particularly, you ought to really love this competition. But one of the many things I like about it, whether it's even in in other countries like the FA Cup, for example, you also get an opportunity to see guys get chances to play. And I don't know what's going to happen with the goalkeeper situation tomorrow night, but at least in round number one, it was John Polskamp. And a lot of times you do see managers say, hey, our young goalkeeper that's on the way up, he's not getting many minutes with the first team. Let's, let's make this his competition. And, and John Polskamp got to do that in the game against FC Dallas. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. But um, it's fun to get a chance to watch him play because you get to watch him play in training all the time. And he's obviously a, a very intriguing guy. He's, he's boisterous. He's, he's got a big personality, and he's fun to watch. I think what it impressed me so much – in about his performance in, in the game the other day was right. He has the the early mistake, and, and young goalkeeper, just as we were talking about, young center backs, they're gonna make mistakes. It's a position that you get better with experience. But then he had that big time save. Yeah. What a couple minutes later, and really was good for the rest of that game. And, and as a young player coming into the lineup, it's difficult when you make a mistake. I remember and. Playing as a forward, where the mistakes aren't nearly as consequential as they are when you're a goalkeeper, but you take a bad touch or you lose the ball, you're like, "Oh, do I, do I really want this ball in this tough spot here?" As a young player, maybe I would shy away from it. Where he and knowing him and just his personality, he can step up and he's confident in his abilities, and you see it day in and day out. But it was really good to see that during the game, after a big mistake. That was able to bounce back, but it is fun to see a lot of those young players. We don't know what the lineup's going to be. No, um, you know we'll kind of see. Same thing with Houston. We we don't really know, but we said on the broadcast, Nate, or on the radio, I guess it was then. But these moments in the Open Cup, you learn how to win, especially for young players. It's different playing a regular season game versus versus a knockout game where you lose it and you're done. You win and you keep advancing, and it's those single games where 
you don't get those a lot in soccer because you have ties and there's so many other things throughout a long season. But these are the games where young players start to learn how to win. And those are our big moments. And I talked about winning the Open Cup in 2012, I think is the reason why we won the Open Cup or the MLS Cup in 2013 because we learned how to win. I asked Peter Vermees that before the game on our pregame interview. Were those guys already winners or did they, did they turn into winners? And I think his answer kind of said a little bit of both. You know, the, those guys obviously were great competitors um, that, that had it in them, but that was kind of where they realized this is – and then he also said when you get that taste in your mouth of winning, you, you want it again, and, and you're almost even more dogged in your pursuit of winning trophies. And maybe, maybe we'll see some kind of special run like that here. And, Allie, it's going to be interesting against the Houston team that we saw very early in the season – right when Paulo Nagamura mm -hmm. took over, and they didn't create a lot of chances early on. They were kind of being pragmatic, but it looks like they're kind of growing into themselves, and they're coming off a big result themselves. Yeah, a big 3 nothing win against LAFC. So they are uh, riding high right now and, and starting to kind of come into form. They're above the playoff line, um, a team that's built a lot of confidence under their new head coach. But like you said, this is a great opportunity for young players and for, for teams collectively. But Daniel Shallowy said it during his media availability today on Tuesday that winning the Open Cup in 2017 was hands down his best memory with Sporting yeah. Kansas City. His family was in town. He obviously had a very successful and impactful uh, role in Sporting winning the Open Cup that season. And so uh, you could argue that that was a, a huge boost for him going into that 2018 season. And so this tournament could provide that same opportunity for some young Sporting KC players. And with Houston, you mentioned it. I mean, great road performance. And, and I'd expect probably something similar to that. L.A. had 70% of the ball, and Houston was just pragmatic. They were good defensively. Would you expect anything less from a Paulo Nagamura <laughs> team, though? Like, honestly, going on the road and getting that. And they were dangerous in the counter. They were really good ex Sporting Kansas City player Tyler Pasher scored yeah. an absolute banger cutting inside. That was insane. What a goal. Um, but, yeah. I mean, this this stat, we said it, but when Houston hired Naga, you thought, okay, they've been a terrible road team. They have one win the past two years on the road. They already have two wins on the road this season. Mm -hmm. And it's just that change of mentality. Yes, they have some better players, but a lot of those guys are, are still the same guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just about that mindset. Like I said earlier, MLS team, everybody's so close in talent that it's that mindset and that ability to grind out results on the road especially is what Paulo's changed with that team. So we don't know exactly what players they'll come with, but uh, you know that they're going to have that, that right mindset. So it's going to be a tough game. Well, and you would imagine, too, a new head coach looking to, to prove himself his first season. Uh, you would imagine that this, this tournament might mean a little bit more, not just playing against his former team, but, hey, you can go win a trophy for your club in your first year as a head coach, that's probably got to carry a lot of weight. Absolutely. And he's won Open Cups. Yeah. He knows yeah. that it feels the exact same as winning an MLS Cup. It, it really does. There's there's not much difference. Paulo knows that. And same thing with, with players. You play against your former team. It doesn't matter how you left. It's still just those bragging rights and that, that pride. And Naga was such an important part of, of – Sporting Kansas City's history and such a good guy in the locker room and then as a coach also. But when you play against your former club, it doesn't matter. You want to win um, because there are those bragging rights. And so many, Jimmy Nielsen obviously too there, legend here. 
But it, it's it's fun to play against uh, your your former clubs. There's no doubt. Of all the places for Naga and Jimmy to know, end up to be in Houston, yeah. it just it just hurts a little bit. You know, I mean, there's, you know, maybe maybe. The only other place I could see it hurting this much is maybe if he went to RSL. You know, if those two places, considering the history that the teams have, have had with those two clubs, it's just crazy. And we already got to see it once with those two coming back, but I feel like this one's a little bit different because now this is a this is a tournament game. You know, this is one of those, like, there's some real stakes involved. That first game was a little bit of, well, let's see what Naga can do. It's, mm-hmm. you know, early in the season – you know, um, this one, it's a, hey, it's, it's round of 16, a chance to get to the quarterfinals of a tournament. So that's going to be crazy. But you mentioned mentality. And, and I, I will say this, in, in eight years of working with Sporting Kansas City, my appreciation for what that word means in the world of, of athletic competition has grown so much. You can't spend very much time around Peter Vermees and not just have that concept seep in because he talks about it, but he also lives it. I mean, I think this year, and what we talked about in the first segment of the show is a perfect example, this team has been facing a, they've just been dealt a big, hot, steaming plate of adversity this year from the very start of the season. And and there are teams that don't have the proper mentality that just kind of melt in a situation like this. And what we've seen over the last two games is, these guys are going to fight. No matter what happens, they're going to fight until the very end, because it com- it comes that that's the mentality. And I don't think you, I don't think if you're a player that doesn't have that mentality, you don't last here very long. Um, and 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 there's a reason that Peter loved the two guys that are now coaching that Houston team when they played here. I that picture of Naga with the big, you know, big face patch when his face got split open that was open cup wasn't it wasn't that the 2012 he's got the penalty shootout and he's just screaming at the crowd and there's blood pouring out of his face and it's like that's why he was that's why he was one of peter's guys so you know that houston's probably going to start to embody a little bit of that as well right Uh, of course that i think that's the the biggest change that you see from houston is just that oftentimes the teams do reflect the personalities uh, of their coaches and, and I said it before, but Naga is one of those guys, and there's been quite a few though that pl- players yeah. that I've played with here who I say, "Hey, give me this player mm-hmm. because I want him in a tough, yeah. tough environment." Whether yeah. that's Zeus or Seth, Roger. or Roger. <laughs> I mean, you could go down, down the list. I, mean, I was yes. just going to say yeah. one of those guys now is Johnny Russell, and I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that part of that mentality has been strongly influenced by the way that Johnny Russell has um, led, not just you know through his, his words and, and leadership, but how that how he shows that on the field playing. Well, that's why he's a captain, right? Yep. That's yeah. why he's here. Yeah. That's why he's a captain. He's come over here and what, it just went third all time in goals, yep. I think. Yeah. yeah. Pa- passing yeah. your boy Dom, yeah. Well, Dom's still ahead of him. Dom and oh, Brecky. no, he's, yeah, he's one behind. Yeah, he's behind Dom. He's Sorry, I, I jumped the gun on that. He's still like 14 to go to catch Dom, I think. Which, hey, at his current rate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, bet against him there. Yeah. But it, I mean, we talked about it. he played as a number ten this year. He's played as a number nine. Obviously, he's still successful as a winger, but it, it trickles down um, from Peter Vermees to the captain um, down. But Paulo is one of those guys, and, and that's why I expect this game is going to be 
a really difficult game uh, for both teams. I'm getting excited already. I love this Open Cup so much. That game against FC Dallas was one of those ones you just aren't going to forget. Just add it to the list of, of so many great Open Cup games at Children's Mercy Park, and I don't think any of us would be surprised if we have another one of those tomorrow. Get your tickets, by the way. That's, a, that's an advertisement for uh, coming out on Wednesday night and watching a big-time game between two longtime rivals, and this time in the Open Cup. All right, that's going to do it for us. 7.30 tomorrow night. You you can hear the game live on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Myself and Jacob on the call with Allie on the sidelines. And for uh, John Polskamp for joining us on the show today as well. Nate Bucati and also, by the way, Jordan Burrell. I mean, the guy that's always running the show from behind the scenes here. We'll see you next week on the Sporting Kansas City Show.